Welcome back to the Craps Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Zurich. Week four is in the books. Week five is soon to be underway. Uh, we had some pretty typical results. Actually, I think this is maybe the first time since week eight of last year that all my predictions for winners came true. Uh, so we will go through the results of last week's matchup today, and we will also go through a preview of next week and then some waiver targets uh, that I've got if you're listening to other podcast shows, please take other experts' opinions over mine. I don't claim to be an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, let's go through the recap for week four here. Uh, we've got Pontiac Bandits with their win over Hans Molman, as predicted. We've got This Is The Year serving a first loss to Galus's Gents. We've got Camper Dude triumphing over Thundercats. We've got Kickers Are People too. Uh, over Blood Brothers. That was a really good matchup there, actually. That one, um, it really could have gone either way, or, or either way. And then we've got Bone City putting a romp on Jake the Snake. Uh, let's just start with me. This is the biggest upset, of the, or the biggest blowout of the week, not the biggest upset. 50-point uh, margin here. Brett definitely had some overperformers on his team, like Debo Samuel, who had 156 yards, two touchdowns on eight catches. Uh... Debo is one of those guys that I did not expect him to have the kind of year that he's having. Obviously thought we were going to get more out of Brandon Ayuk. Then there was the the preseason issues. Kyle Shanahan doesn't really put up with, with shit on that team. And so Debo became the guy by default. And he's getting more targets every week. It's like San Francisco's relying less on the running game since they've had the running back injuries that they've had. Um, so they're, they're going in the air more than normal. Um, it just, it looks like Debo Samuel is going to continue to rise in the ranks and just dance with like WR one numbers on a regular basis. Uh, but let's go from right to left here. We'll start with Brett's team, Aaron Rodgers 24, CD lamb three, Debo 35, David Montgomery, 22.6. He was kind enough to put up all his points before going out and that one sucks because we're going to lose him for about four to six weeks here got the news on that recently ceh with another good game at 19 darren waller with 15 Najee harris with another great game at 21 and then chicago's defense of course like what well, yeah let's play chicago's defense against detroit here so there's that uh other side of the ball tom brady with just 11 Terry McLaurin with 30. He tried his hardest. Mike Evans with 14 and a half. Antonio Gibson with 15 and a half. DeAndre Swift with just 8.9. Robert Tunyon, the onion, putting up 2.8. Aaron Jones with 10 and Washington with six. So as you can see, a total underperformance on my team. Uh, final score, 150 to 99. Uh, almost 100. I was 99.96, but no triple digits for me in week four. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, we've got Kickers Are People 2 with another win. He's on a 3-0 streak here against Blood Brothers. But like I said, this one was really, really, really close. Starting on Andy's side of the ball, we got Matt Stafford, 20. Metcalf, 16.5. Cup, 11.5. Derrick Henry, 25. No surprise there. Eckler with roughly 30. Higby with 7.6. Um, 
We've got uh, Hollywood Brown with uh, 19, and we've got Miami with four. Going over to Blood Brothers, we've got uh, Josh Allen with 21, Justin Jefferson with 20, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. with five and a half, Jonathan Taylor with 20, Zeke with 20, Dallas Goddard with 16 and a half, Chris Godwin with eight and a half, and Tampa Bay with nine. Uh, let's just focus on this for a minute. 280 passing yards, two passing touchdowns for Matt Stafford and 21 rushing yards. They lose that game to Arizona. Kyler Murray continuing to make his MVP stretch here. He looked fine in the game, but it just it turns out when you double-team Cooper Cup, you sort of take away the explosiveness of that offense. So uh, Cooper Cup does end up with 64 receiving yards on five catches. But it looks like teams are going to start to catch on to that because Matt Stafford could not find a way to get Robert Woods the football. And that was the concerning part for me. Because I, I, I had predicted this too last week on the podcast. I said, Cooper Cup will have a bigger week this week because they're going to find ways to keep Cup out of it. Surprisingly, they kept Cup out of it, but they did nothing to get Robert Woods the ball. We'll go over that later when we get to Woods analysis. Uh, Derrick Henry, 157 rushing yards, one rushing uh, uh, touchdown. Off of 33 carries, <laughs> this is the norm for him. Uh, this is unreal, and I have never seen this in football in my entire life that I can remember. At least I'm sure it's happened, but like I just I don't remember seeing a running back average in the 20 on carries. So, in a PPR league, my theory is always that you want to get the guys that are going to catch a ball because you're going to get a point for that. But it's like Derrick Henry doesn't he doesn't even need to be targeted once to make the biggest fantasy impact. This is like uh, Adrian Peterson of old, where you just needed to have him on your team because it was Adrian Peterson. You do what you could to get him. So um, Austin Eckler with a great game, 117 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, 15 carries too, just to make all that happen. Uh, all purpose yards. He was higher than that. Cause I think he had uh, somewhere in the range of like seven or eight targets, something like that. But, yeah, Austin Eckler looking really good. The The trade is obviously in favor of Andy so far, a good trade. Uh, Tyler Higby is a good pickup. Not sure what his questionable, t- questionable tag is all about. Four catches on 36 uh, receiving yards. Uh, and I know he went over the rest of this. Hollywood Brown has a great game. He almost gets to 100 yards, four catches, and a touchdown. Uh, really boomer bust. Josh Allen should have been QB1 by, like, any long margin. But uh, he did not play great. He has not been playing like super well all year he's he's not playing poorly I mean he's still like top five QB when I say he's not playing well it's it's like everybody really projected him to be far and away the number one in fantasy because what he could do with his legs and in the air but uh only threw the ball 30 times 20 completions uh pretty good completion percentage there 250 yards and then those two touchdowns um like I said blood brothers Really good performances from their running backs. Great performance, uh, surprise performance from Dallas Goddard at tight end on five catches of receiving touchdown, basically 60 yards there. Uh, Marvin Jones just killing them there. And the reason for that is obviously T. Higgins is on the bench. Um, you know, and it just it, it doesn't look like they had a suitable backup in place there. Um, I will note this, though. They could not have gone wrong at tight end this week because Mike Kosicki puts up pretty much exactly the same numbers as Dallas Goddard. I I just, this doesn't happen, and I want to point this out. So, Gesicki, 
one receiving touchdown, 57 yards and five catches. Goddard, one receiving touchdown, 56 yards, five receiving touchdowns. He could have got one more points out of putting Gasicki in the game. Wouldn't have made the difference. Kenneth Gaywell, or Gay, not Gaywell, Gainwell is looking like a great stash. So keeping him on uh, the bench right now and seeing what happens in Philadelphia's offense. Um, what I have heard and what I have seen is Gainwell doesn't look better than Sanders, but he is getting on the field like at the right times. And as a rookie, it's going to increase his value. He probably is looking good. He is being used in the passing games. They are manufacturing runs for him. So Gainwell is a good stash there. Uh, Daryl Henderson couldn't have really been supplemented into, I wouldn't have put him in the, the flex over Godwin. So, uh, but I think even, even then uh, you're, you're doing a coin flip, but I don't even know. I'm not going to do the math in my head, but I don't even know if those points end up winning the game or not. So 134, 121, uh, moving down to Camper Dude and then Thundercats. Uh, Thundercats is now in a three-game lose streak. Um, Camper Dude has a get-right game after losing and breaking his streak from last week here, 116-99.78. to uh, If Peel and I had played each other this week, it would have been a very, very tight matchup. It would have won by like .2. Uh, let's go down here. Joe Burrow, 22. Tyreek Hill, 47.6. Just another day in the office for that man. OBJ with five. Joe Mixon with 13. He's questionable. Looks like he'll probably be out for a week, maybe two, depending on how his ankle holds up. Chris Carson with his floor game of the year at 4.1. Uh, and then Dawson Knox with 20 points. Uh, I was going to pick this guy up. Very upset I, I didn't get a chance to. Mike Williams with just 2.1 points. He comes down to earth off one catch and 11 receiving yards. He was targeted four times in that game. So, uh, And then Cincinnati with just one point. Uh, that's enough, though. Jalen Hurts with 30. D-Hop with 10. Brandon Cooks with 9. Nick Chubb with 11. Kamara with 12. Noah Fant with 16. Chuba Huba with 9. And then New Orleans defense with just two points. Uh, defense really have been sucking this year really been sucking uh i will start to listen to andy's powerpoint whenever he puts it together to maybe bring kickers back if we're going to get rid of defenses and do like a super flex next year i think that would be a lot of fun to add a super flex into the league uh kickers not so much but i i would hear the argument i've heard some rumblings that people don't like defense as much as they like kickers and I don't care about either position, honestly. I just I go by what Daily Fantasy does. Daily Fantasy plays defenses. I think with defenses, you can do some more research on a matchup, whereas a kicker, you're not really doing matchup research. You're just doing, like, can I get Justin Tucker or anyone else, basically? Um, Yeah, so Brandon Cook's kind of underperforming but has been overperforming all year. You know, he went right back into his 7-5-47 line here. Uh, week one, he was 7-5, 132. This is a 7-5-47 line. Uh, Cleveland and Carolina, previous week's Buffalo this week. Buffalo's defense, obviously, tarder, or, or harder here. So we got New England coming up for Cooks here, and then Indianapolis, Arizona, and then the Rams. I don't love the outlook of Cooks moving forward. I think... It's going to be tough this week. It'll get easier against Indianapolis. Uh, it'll be a shootout in Arizona. And then the Rams and the Miami plays good defense too before the bye. Uh, but then coming back from that, he has a really kind of a soft schedule. I mean, Cook's 
down the stretch here might be that sort of league winner wide receiver that nobody anticipated great value. I think he got him for a buck and can't complain about that. Uh, Chuba Huba in the flex spot here, the chubby hubby, um, 57 rushing yards, two receptions, 14 receiving yards. Not the CMC numbers that you hope for. I mean, even coming in against Houston last week at 10.9 and then 9.1 against Dallas. It's not going to get a lot easier for Chuba Hubbard, but, uh, you know, Philadelphia has given up the six most fantasy points to running backs this season. He will probably be in that, you know, volume rank RB2 territory for this. Hope to get a touchdown out of him. You got to play him, too, while CMC's out. That's sort of the, the bummer here, especially with depth at the running back position. Alexander Madison, too, on the bench, noted while Davin Cook was out just with two points, so uh, 10 for 20 yards. He used to be like that premium handcuff for me, Madison was, but uh, not so much. Uh, Peel decided to bench Robert Woods this week. It's not a it's not a bad move here when you got, you know, Chuba Hoob in the flex spot. Uh, but 14.8 points, it's still under what his projection was this week. And here's the thing for me, though, right? That comes off a touchdown. It's his second one of the year. Six targets with four catches for 48 yards. The volume is just not there for Robert Woods. This guy was a volume king up until this year, and it, it kills me to say that he's moved right into, like, low-end WR3 territory. i got to take a deep breath while saying it too i'm not in love with it uh but that's the reality that we live in with robert woods now especially after week four here we've really seen the trend of the direction um aj brown needs to get healthy and healthy fast they just played the jets it would have been so wonderful to see him out there he should be back out for jacksonville uh but then he's got buffalo kansas city he'll do okay indianapolis and then the rams and then new orleans then houston and new england so it's like up down up down up down for him but they got to get him back because it opens stuff up and then offense. It's not going to like drastically reduce Derrick Henry's usage, but it will cut into it a little bit. On the bright side, though, for Derrick Henry, when A.J. Brown comes back, that opens up the game a lot more. So, you know, he might get less touches, but because the defense knows that Tennessee can actually do something in the air, that'll open some stuff up for Henry. So I don't see any change there. Um, anyway, that one is 116 to 99.78 for Camper Dude. Let's go to Galus Gents, the matchup of the week here, and this is the year. As predicted, this is the year serving up the first loss for Galus's Gents. Uh, we've got Derek Carr putting up a, a really shitty performance for his first time this year. Calvin Ridley with an okay day, uh, 15 points there. Derek Carr with 15 as well. Keenan Allen with 10. Uh, Tony Pollard with 6. Dalvin Cook with uh, with uh, six, Travis Kelsey with six, Robbie Anderson with nine, and then all of the points coming from Buffalo. So here's the funny thing, right? Like you would anticipate in this situation, hey, based on the statistics, we would have probably expected more out of, you know, the rest of the team here. Buffalo is what carried Jake to the win this week. I, I don't care how it looks. That was gonna supposed to happen that way it happened that way i'll take it perfect pick six this week uh on the other side of the ball kyler murray my mvp candidate say it every week adam thielen with uh seven kyler murray with just 22 he was still um i mean they were playing the rams so for him to get 22 is probably showing you his floor 
Kenny Galladay, 17. Kareem Hunt, 16. Miles Gaskin, 0.3. Just three rushing yards. We'll get to that in a second. Mark Andrews with 11.7 off of five catches and 67 yards. TJ Hawkinson with a slow day, 4 for 42. He has now had two back-to-back games with under 10 points. So uh, not the hot start that he had at the beginning of the year. He went 11 9 He's not necessarily trending in the right direction, but he's also really not trending in the wrong direction. It's just, you know, you would think that when they're behind, they would use him more than they are. They're using, like, Quintus Cephas in weird situations. Um, On his bench, for some reason, was Deontay Johnson with 24 points. That would have gotten him the win. Russell Wilson also sitting on the bench. Uh, Another one of those close situations here, stat line-wise, Russell Wilson has two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown at 150 yards. He ends up with 22.56 compared to Kyler Murray's 22.62. I don't care who you are. You don't bench Kyler Murray in favor of Russ. I love Russ, but still. Um, On the other side of the ball, I know we talked about, you know, where we're at. It's weird to see Kelsey get, a six-target game for just four catches and 23 yards. They won that game 42-30. to Tyreek Hill had a massive day. They didn't need Kelsey to do nearly as much. Six targets for a tight end is, is pretty average in the league, actually above average for um, catches, uh, you know, but being targeted six times, not, not his greatest. He's going to have weeks like that. Everybody does. Um, Tony Pollard rushing back to earth here. He goes... 10 carries for 67 yards. Not a single catch in this game. He's now got back-to-back games with under 8 points. If you're looking at Tony Pollard here from weeks 1 through 4, I so, okay, for me, I'm not knocking Tony Pollard because I think he's a fantastic handcuff, and he does live in this flex territory where he's getting enough that he can do something with it. But maybe we were all just like, very high on Tony Pollard from hearing hype around him that he was getting more involved with this offense. But like the numbers to me don't lie. Week one, he had three rushing attempts for 14 yards. He had 8.3 fantasy points. I think when you saw the usage of him in the past game, you're like, oh, okay, Tony Pollard. And then week two against LA, he had 23 fantasy points. He went 13 for 109 and looked explosive with the touchdown. Week three, he was 11 for 60 with seven and a half. And then this past week, he's 6.7. So I don't know where, because he's had three games out of the four with under 10 points, with actually under nine points. And we're like, oh, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard. He's good. Hang on to him, play him. Uh, no, he's nothing more to me than a, a flex play at this point. Um, they're playing the Giants this upcoming week. Flex that if you can. Um, you know, there's some other running back options out there for whatever reason. Baltimore decided Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch this week because they wanted to see Le'Veon Bell. I don't know. That was just a really dumb reason to me. So Latavius Murray's value to me goes skyrocketing, quote unquote, in that offense, not ECR rest of the year. He's still RB28 to me this upcoming week, but... Uh, he did have a rushing touchdown and uh, 60 yards. Doesn't matter. Anything that I'm saying advice-wise doesn't fly. 93 to 87. We've got uh, uh, this is the year over Galus' gents. And then the last matchup of the week is the the get-right week that I predicted for Pontiac Bandits over Hans Molman. Hans Molman had a, a rough time here with injuries this year. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, 
Mahomes with 32, Stefan Diggs with 18, DJ Moore with 31. The guy's a stud. Naheem Hines is just a point. Uh, Saquon Barkley with 30. Uh, Kyle Pitts with 9. Devontae Adams with 12. And then L.A. getting a negative 1. You love to see your defense get you a negative 1. Other side of the ball, Dak Prescott, 27. Amari Cooper, 15. Jamar Chase, uh, we've got 13.7. Melvin Gordon with 8. Uh, Jamal Williams with six, George Kittle with eight, Tyler Lockett with six, Tennessee with three. You know, I'm just now realizing as I'm seeing this, I've talked maybe for the past two weeks about, oh yeah, I got Tom Brady and Mike Evans on the team. It's a stack. You know, I would really benefit from trading Cooper because then I could get rid of my stack. I just realized that Jeff has Prescott and Cooper as a stack on his team. So I don't know if that's intentional, if he's known it, like if he's noticed that or not, but that's the world that we live in with that. So um, let's get to Mahomes having a great five passing touchdown day, 280 yards and 30 rushing yards to boot. Uh, I hate it when he rushes, but he certainly can. I just don't love him when he's out in the open space. I don't want to see him in danger. I don't think he's a great rusher. Uh, Buffalo allowing zero points against Houston. Houston is the worst team in the NFL. I don't care. Jacksonville is just as bad. Um, these are those are two awful teams. Urban Meyer is a dork, and he might even be fired this week because of what happened. But um, you know that's if uh, cancel culture doesn't continue to exist, which it very much does. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I would think that'd be tragic that Urban Meyer loses his job before Matt Nagy, but Urban Meyer should be losing his job regardless. Um, DJ Moore, studly man, this guy, I'm telling you, he's WR six for next week. Uh, he has not had a game of under 15 points. He has had one game of under 10 targets and that was the first week. And, uh, he is, he is getting on average 11 targets a game. So yeah, DJ Moore, great for that offense. Um, Sam Darnold finally getting a little respect to his quarterback, which I love. The Jets just turn good players into bad people. So um, Naheem Hines, that's a little desperation play there. Two catches, one fumble, six rushing yards, nothing happening there. Saquon Barkley, uh, obviously Ryan, the benefactor of the trade this week, 74 yards, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown. It looks like Barkley's shaped up to be the guy. A lot of people said it was going to take some time for him to come online. Game four, yeah, we're, we're there. Barkley is the guy um, that we all know him to be, and those weeks are past. So uh, good for Barkley, good for the Giants. I still worry Daniel Jones takes a little bit from out under him, but you're probably looking at an average of about 20 points from here on from from Barkley here. He'll get you a touchdown every day. They're not going to let Daniel Jones rush the red zone. So Kyle Pitts, this shrewd move in the trade here to get rid of Kittle and take Pitts in it, but Pitts with nine and Kittle with eight. Um I love that Pitts is getting more involved in the offense. He went uh, back up to nine targets. They're going to have to manufacture stuff for him. They got the Jets next week. You hope for a big game out of it. He still doesn't have any touchdowns this year. The big thing with Pitts is I'm not expecting him to blow up next week. And mark my words, I'll eat that. I'm sure he will. But he's probably not against the Jets. What I would really like for Atlanta to do is go into their early bye week, their bye week six, and readjust that offense and say, what can we do in the short pass game to open things up here? And Kyle Pitts needs to be 
a focal point for them to be able to do that. Nine targets is a lot. So keep that target volume right around there. I want him at anywhere from seven to 10 targets a game. And if he could do that, he'll be great. Adams was uh, just not a great game. 11 targets, six catches, 64 yards. I don't really think uh, that the, the Packers had to do very much in this game to beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh does a good job of beating themselves these days. Mainly Ben Roethlisberger is doing a great job of beating himself. Uh, and then the the Rams defense with negative one. The, I mean, the issue here, you don't focus on it, but like you're not going to ditch the Rams and you're not going to like get rid of anyone else to put on your bench so that you can hang on to the Rams for another week. I just think with their schedule that they've had, you need to get through the tough weeks. They just had Tampa Bay, Arizona. They'll get Seattle coming up, but then they get the Giants, Detroit, Houston, Tennessee, and that's before San Francisco, then a bye. So, yeah, I mean, like, the Rams stretch is coming up. Hang on to them while you can. Um, on Jeff's side of the ball, Prescott, great day. Cooper, pretty average day. If Without the touchdown, it's just three catches and 70 yards. Not the greatest. So, like, you worry about Cooper, boomer bust. Um, even with the touchdown, he underperforms. Jamar Chase, six for 77. T. Higgins still injured right now, so Chase is looking like uh like a definite riser he'll he'll stay a riser um even with Higgins back I think Jamar Chase will start to get fed on a regular basis Melvin Gordon with a pretty lame game here 56 or 56 rushing yards two receptions 11 receiving yards uh Jamal Williams straight up groundwork 66 yards 6.6 points Kittle four for 40 uh 11 targets though for Kittle they were just not looking good Trey Lance didn't look great when he came in Jimmy Garoppolo kind of sucks Tyler Lockett four for 24 so what you expect from Tyler Lockett if he's not having a huge game he's having a really weak one and Tennessee at three so um like I said that one gets taken out Pontiac Bandits 134.12 actually would have been the closest matchup we might have seen in a very long time or ever with uh, kickers or people too if they played Pontiac Bandits 134.12 to 134.1 so that is the week four recap uh, going over waivers for this upcoming week. This one will be very quick. We won't cover this too much. It's 1245 p.m. on Tuesday, October 10th. Um, if you're going to try and QB stream this week, which I don't think anybody is because everybody's rostering two QBs, Trey Lance is going to be out there. Uh, very obvious running back target this week is Damian Williams. It's been announced that Montgomery has a four to six weeks injury here. So, uh, if you're saving your top waiver spot for a running back, there's your guy. Uh, Samanje P. Ryan is just a guy that can hold a football, but talk about opportunity. He he is up there too. And um, Malcolm Brown has seen an increase of volume work in Miami. He could be interesting. I'm not sure we're in the sort of depth league that you hang on to a guy like that, but he has got a case that, yeah, I mean – he might take over that backfield. Miami's backfield is messy. I don't want anything to do with it. As far as wide receivers go, especially this week, I love Emmanuel Sanders' situation. If you're going to try and stream a wide receiver, uh, again, the the depth in this league <clears throat> and the way that we have you know, the ability to play three wide receivers on a team, I'm not sure you're going to need to, but I got him all the way up at 34. Um, Hunter Henry. This is a great tight end pickup this week. ECR 13 for him, and then it's a wasteland after that. But, like, tight end is already a wasteland past six to me anyway. 
the top three guys are the ones that you can rely on. And even then, like, put Kittle at, at three, and Kittle's having his ups and downs. So, like, to me, it's just Waller and Kelsey. If you got those guys, you're solid. Uh, defense this week that you're going to want to pick up, New England Patriots might even be worth picking in a, uh, putting in a waiver for them. The Steelers are, are out there on the waiver. Um, I don't know when they're going to turn that ship around, but that ship probably won't turn too far if the offense keeps playing like – like crap, and then the the Dallas defense is actually um, a good pickup this week as well, as far as waivers are concerned. Um, if you're looking at rest of the season pickups here, f- number fourteen QB Sam Darnold, not so bad. I know everybody's got like two QBs. Um, if you're picking up Damian Williams this week, ECR he's forty the rest of the year, so he's still not a bad pickup. Sony Michelle is also out there at 48. And then Gio Bernard, he's got a multi-week injury. But remember, when he comes back, he is taking that James White role in that offense. So just something to monitor. Um, Sterling Shepard, when he's healthy, he plays really well. It looks like uh, Jeff Squared just dropped Rondell Moore. So he'll be out there if you're thinking better days are ahead for him. And I think in that offense, there are going to be better days ahead for him. Uh, tight ends are concerned. Jared Cook, Hunter Henry, and then Cole Komet are all sitting out there too. And then... Um, New England Patriots, ECR, rest of the way is number five for defense. Steelers, six. Browns, seven. They're all available defenses. So go out there and get yourself a defense or just stream it week to week if that's uh, your thing or hang on to the defenses that you got and let the rest of us do our thing. Let's move into the matchups for next week, week five here. Um, I'm going to call this one... Well, let's let's look at the matchup first and then I'll, I'll make my picks for this week. So we've got... Pontiac Bandits and Kickers Are People 2, a really interesting matchup. Jake the Snake and Galus's Gents, uh, Blood Brother, and that's an interesting matchup too for another reason I'll get to when I get into that matchup. Blood Brothers and Camper Dude, Bone City and Hans Molman, and then This Is the Year and Thundercats. So I'm going to start with This Is the Year and Thundercats. Now, this one on Yahoo marked close. Again, don't pay attention to it. Uh, 125 to 122 in favor of Jake. Not a huge difference from what I have, but they're higher than I think they'll be. 118 to 116 for me in favor of Jake. I hate to say that. Um, I, look, I, if if uh, A.J. Brown gets back this week, then, yeah, I'm going to give the edge to Thundercats. Assuming he's not quite ready, they're playing Jacksonville. That's the only reason I said they won't rush him back this week. And... Um, Tennessee doesn't necessarily need the win, but they also don't need the loss. So it's like Jacksonville would be one of those teams you can do it without. They're going up against Buffalo week afterwards. I just predict AJ Brown's going to be out one more week. That's me. So Jalen Hurts, Hopkins, Brown, Chubb, Kamara, Fant, Cooks, New Orleans. We'll see if any of that changes throughout the week here. Uh, Peel does do a lot of roster moves, as you know, versus Derek Carr, Ridley, Allen, Pollard, Cook, Kelsey, Anderson, Buffalo. Give me Jake in this one, 118 to 116. I just, I think that Calvin Ridley up against the Jets is a recipe for disaster. Keenan Allen getting Cleveland is, is tough. Um, Dalvin Cook should be back to 100% division game Detroit so there's there's where those points get made up and then Travis Kelsey I don't care who he plays he's always going to be the tight end number one he'll probably get 18-19 points that way um, don't love Robbie Anderson to the flex this week against Philadelphia um, he is probably due for better days Robbie Anderson it went three targets, six targets, two targets, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 11 targets. So it's like, I don't know what to make of him. If they've figured out they need to give him the ball more, manufacture plays for him. But 
Robbie Anderson, um, goofy hair. Love it. Uh, don't love the flex spot there. Um, all right, moving on to another matchup. So again, I got that one in favor of Jake slightly, but uh, let's do this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call it for Jake. I don't think AJ Brown gets healthy this week. All right. Bone city and Hans Molman. Um, look, I think this is a tough situation. Yahoo's got bone city slated to win this game. 127 to 114. I have this game's line completely different. I've got it 110 to 104 in favor of the Jeffs. Here's why. Okay. So right now Brett's got Montgomery in and, you know, assuming he can get a running back to take that place, he might have to move Najee Harris up out of the flex spot. But then I don't know what Brett does from a depth point to fill in the flex spot. So here's where injuries come into play. Bye weeks are coming up too. We're not there yet, but we're we're damn near there next week. Um, and you're going to see like this is where things are going to kind of start to suck a little bit. Monty's out. We know that for sure. So you got to take 13 points off the board right there. Um, yeah, I mean, Hans Molman, um, that's why I've got it 110 to 104. Assuming he supplements with somebody, like, I mean, even Zach Moss might get you six points, but you just, you aren't sure with what he's got on the bench. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's just not sure what flex he is going to play at this point. I'm sure moves will be made. We'll readjust. Right now, I got to call the game in favor of Jeff's. Uh, Dak Prescott, Cooper, Chase, Gordon, Williams, Kittle, Lockett, Tennessee. I'm sure some of that will change as well. <clears throat> and then uh, Brett, Rogers, Lamb, Samuel, Montgomery won't be uh, Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Waller, Harris, and Chicago. So give me Jeff in this one. I'm sure it'll be close either way. Uh, let's move on to the next matchup of the week. We'll go to... Uh, do we do kickers are people too and Pontiac bandits? Yeah, we'll do that one. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be a really interesting one. I've actually got Ryan to win this one, 127 to 124. Never quote me on that because it, you're just a play away from Henry going off. You're a play away from cup going off. You're a play away from Metcalf going off. You're a play away from Eckler going off. Uh, and then after that, I don't know that you're necessarily a play away from anybody else on Andy's team going off, but that's that's kind of like the thing with Andy's team, right? You're just one play away from having that huge game. Other than that, you're getting tons of volume and just like a normal high floor, which is what is going to make Andy's team special if healthy. Metcalf is questionable. Higby is questionable. Ryan's team, as far as the starters go, are healthy. <clears throat> He's utilizing Gallup and Landry in the IR spots. Not sure I would be doing that. I might be making some moves at this point, but that's just me. So... Ryan said the ball, Mahomes, Moore, Adams, Barkley, Harris, Pitts, Diggs, L.A. Uh, on the opposite side, Stafford, Metcalf, Cup, Henry, Eckler, Higby, Brown, and Miami. Um, Miami, typically a really good defense, playing Tampa Bay this week. Definitely swap that. The Rams, like I said, Thursday night football, maybe you see something out of them. Uh, it's not like Seattle has been burning shit down and, um, you know, you uh, – have to do anything about it. So um, give me Ryan in this one. 
just ever so slightly. I think DJ Moore stays top six this week. Uh, Adams is my number one against Cincinnati. Barkley is in the top, let's call him six. Um, Damian Harris is number 20. Kyle Pitts is six for me this week as far as tight ends are concerned. Whereas uh, Andy's got QB seven, WR eight and three and 24 in and then RB one and five and then uh, defense 28 here. So Andy supplements his defense. I'm sure that nod goes in his direction, but right now just slightly over to the other side. Camper dude and blood brothers here. Um, You know, I think Blood Brothers has the better team. I think they're going to dominate this week. I think they're going to go 122 to 108 right now. I'm not sure there's a lot of adjustment that Mick is going to be able to make. Maybe at the quarterback position, uh, wide receiver looks like it's tough right now. Joe Mixon looks to be out. Don't know for how long. Gronkowski is still out. He's doubtful this week. Um, yeah, time to make some moves here and, and uh, make some adjustments. Uh, QB 14 and Burrow, Tiger Kill 4, OBJ 32, Carson 18, um, Cordell Patterson. This is a great pickup because you can put him WRRB, by the way. And uh, he has been incredibly well. He's actually been more valuable than Mike Davis is. He got 34 points last week. And he was, uh, yeah. You know, the thing, like rushing attempts, he's getting seven pretty much every game. The rest of the work is wide receiver stuff. So yeah, Cordell Patterson, sure. RB 22. Uh, he's probably like WR 30 something, but like combine those together. It's good average there. Dawson Knox looks like he's a good target. Um, four, three, five and eight on targets for the year, but he's doing stuff with those targets. Two touchdowns. These past games, touchdown machine, red zone monster here, right? Like Rudolph, the red zone reindeer was kind of same player to me. Mike Williams will come back from this bad performance. Um, I don't know if his volume is going to stay above 10. I think Keenan Allen is the better wide receiver, but can't deny that. And then Cincinnati against green Bay is a matchup to avoid Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Josh Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Mike Kosicki, Daryl Henderson Jr. in Tampa Bay's defense. Tampa Bay's defense is the number two play on defense this week. They'll be great. Seven points from them. Um, Josh Allen, QB1 against KC. Going to be a shootout. Fun game to watch. Can't wait for that one. Justin Jefferson against Detroit. Division rivalry. That'll be another fun one. Chris Godwin, Miami. Um, Good defense. Brady's going to burn him. I'm not concerned about him. He's in the top 15. Jonathan Taylor, RB10. The, uh, the back end of the RB1s for the week. Zeke is four. Love the usage going up against the Giants. Better days ahead for him. And he played really well this past week. Very encouraging. Mike Kosicki uh, at Tampa Bay. I do expect that the brisket boy is going to be throwing his direction quite often. Six targets. He's getting He got peppered these past two weeks. He went 12 for 10 catches, 86. Six for five, 57 yards, a touchdown. So uh, very similar stat lines volume-wise. like to see more out of him, but not going to argue six seems to be his territory. Daryl Henderson Jr., probably like the quietest RB2 performer of the year. So he missed one week. He missed week three. So 15-17-0-16 stat line for the year so far. Uh, a really confident RB2 play. Those are the numbers that you want from your RB2. So 122 to 108. Camper Dude is going to lose to Blood Brothers this week. And then the last one, Mina Galis's Gents. Um, this is a this is a grudge match of sorts. This is a uh hey, 
uh, I don't like you kind of a match here. Uh, I'll explain why in a, in a few minutes here. Tom Brady, six. McLaurin, 12. Evans, 22. Swift, seven. Jones, three. Tunyon, 16. Robinson, 11. Washington, 12. Going to make some moves on my end there. Kyler Murray, two. Thielen, 19. Deontay Johnson, 17. Kareem Hunt, 15. Mike Davis, 29. Mark Andrews, five. TJ Hawkinson, three. Denver, three. So I've got the stat line 119 to 111. Yahoo has a 122 to 119. Yahoo's being a bunch of Yahoos with projection here. So um, Tom Brady's going to play much better than he did this past week. I don't think they need to establish the run anymore. They did that. Uh, Leonard Fournette did just fine. Um, Ronald Jones is not a thing anymore, apparently, and that's good too. Terry McLaurin, right outside the WR1 territory. He's a 10-man league. He's WR12 this week against a tough Saints defense. Mike Evans is 22 DeAndre Swift against Minnesota division game. They're going to use him more than they did this previous week. They have to if they want any shot of winning. Uh, look, here's my big thing, too. A lot of people are going to fall under the same category as running backs, wide receivers. There's there's usually one, maybe two playmakers on a team. A lot of times, just clear-cut number one. Like, um, you know, Dalvin Cook from Minnesota is the clear-cut number one, and then Justin Jefferson is, like, a number two for me in my eyes. Uh, when you have a guy like DeAndre Swift and you know, Hawkinson, right? Those are the only two guys I can think of. But, like, Swift is the most talented person on that team. Why are you splitting carries 50-50 with Jamal Williams and him? Yeah, Jamal Williams has been fine on the ground, but, like, you've got to get your playmakers going, especially when you're 0-4 in the season. You have to get your playmakers going. Um, Aaron Jones, no concern with him going into Cincinnati. I think he'll have a much better, much better game. Um, I think that... Green Bay is starting to structure their offense a little bit more centric around the get your run going, then get your pass going, get your run going, get your pass going. And that's that Derrick Henry to A.J. Brown kind of a thing. It opens up both types of your game when you can do both. So uh, Green Bay, unfortunately, does do that really well when they are trying it. Um, Tunyon is the onion. I don't like playing him. Low target volume. Uh, he saw seven. He caught two for eight yards this past week. It was an abysmal performance. The guy is not off to the year that he had last year. Uh, he's much lower. And then Washington's defense has been underperforming. They're going to play the Saints this week. I don't know. I kind of want to play Washington just because they're playing Winston, and I think Winston is still Winston no matter what people say. But we'll see. Kyler Murray up against San Francisco's sticky defense there. Uh, you still start him, you still play him, you still expect 25 points something in that territory. You got 23.9 for him. Thielen is uh, 19, Johnson 17, Kareem Hunt 15, Mike Davis 29. Uh, I think I said this before. Yeah, but Andrews 5, Hawkinson 3, Denver 3. Um, as I said earlier, I think that Thielen is not the number one target there, and it doesn't seem like he is. He's starting to get down in targets. He went 10, 7, 9, 8. I think 7 or 8. To, I mean, anywhere from 7 to 9 is what he'll get. So 8 on average. Um, Deontay Johnson. Focal point of that offense. thing I like about Deontay Johnson is the target volume, even with Ben sucking. Uh, he's, you know, 11 to 12 to 13 targets. The, he missed a week because of that, that nasty hit at the end of the game two weeks ago. Kareem Hunt looked like an angry runner this past week. Uh, I do like to see that. He was angry his second week in a row, did something with 14 rushing attempts. 
Um, yeah, he's like that elite handcuff that you have to have, I guess. It's um, it's one of those things where Chubb's obviously the better runner, but you get way more value out of a guy like Kareem Hunt. I mean that in two ways. Kareem Hunt still gets you great fantasy points, and he'll have weeks where he matches what Chubb does, and they'll have other weeks where he just doesn't. But he's still the scat back in that offense, so he'll still get the catching work. And then to top that off, you know, God forbid an injury happens to Chubb, it's Hunt. It's all Hunt from that point. We saw it last year. Hunt didn't do as much with it as anticipated, which I, is why I think people were lower on him this year. But Hunt's going to hunt when he can hunt. Uh, Mike Davis, on the other hand, I don't know. I I had higher aspirations for him. We're watching his floor. He doesn't have any touchdowns this year. He's 10 and 13, 11 and 10. And he'll stay around 10. It, Arizona sucks. They're not using him in the red zone the way that they should use a guy like Mike Davis in the red zone. I don't know. Offensively, they just can't get anything going, period. So I wouldn't expect Mike Davis to have more than an average like 12 to 13 carries a week. It's not great. He's more of a flex play for me than he is like an RB2. Uh, Mark Andrews is still going to be a, a great play. Target volume anywhere from 6 to 8. That's fine. He does something with his targets that may have got paid. Um, he's averaging about 10 points a game give or take. I mean, it's probably a little less than that, but, uh, you know, the guy doesn't have any touchdowns in the year and he still gets decent volume. So that's good. TJ Hawkinson coming off two really bad weeks after two really good weeks, 25, 23, and then eight, um, target volume is still there though. The game against Baltimore really had two targets for 10 yards was bizarre. Eight targets, four catches for 42 yards is not great, but for a tight end, that's just fine. I mean, 8.2 points from that. Uh, and then Denver's defense, they're going up against Pittsburgh, who has just sucked this year. So uh, I actually really like that. Still not enough, 119 to 111 in favor of Jake the Snake. Uh, look, that's all I've got today. That's all I have this week. Uh, I want to start getting some people on the show next week. So if you're interested, you listen to the show. Hi, Andy. Uh Send me a text. Let me know if you want to get on and say your piece about some stuff. You want to rag on me, that's fine. I'll edit it out. If you want to rag on someone else, that's fine. We'll put that at the top of the show. Um, I'm just looking back to make sure I've been recording this whole time. Oh, thank God. Thank God I have. Yeah, so that's going to do it for uh, week four wrap-up, week five predictions. Good luck to everybody on their matchup this week. And then um, remember to uh, – well, I was going to say – you know, help control the pet population, but I did that one last week. So, um, survey says, good night, everybody.